Hello and welcome to the 292nd episode of the Cue It Up podcast, the only podcast that comes with a money back guarantee. I am your host, Jared. To my left is Eric. Ah, uh, Devasan. Hmm. Uh, this is the Cue It Up podcast. Guys, today on the show, we're going to give a brief rundown of what we've been watching this week. After that, we're going to get into a spoiler-filled review of the Chris Farley disaster, Beverly Hills Ninja. Disaster. So if you've uh, never oh, you seen stop. this, uh, tune out. Don't go watch this, actually. Just just listen to the podcast. It's <sighs> if fine. you're dead inside. Uh, and then after that, come back uh, when you're done. All right. So with that in mind, let's talk about some things that we've been watching this week. Uh, Dave. You've been yeah, on vacation. I have been. But have you been watching anything? Uh, not really. I did watch one thing yesterday, though, hmm. just so I would kind of have something to watch right. or talk about uh, that I actually really enjoyed. On, I believe, it, it was Hulu, I'm pretty sure, uh, there was a new documentary called The Orange Years, The Story of Nickelodeon. Oh, I haven't even heard of this. Yeah, I, I it just it. popped up yeah, very I recently. I but looked um, at Netflix not too I long really liked it. I was not a big... I mean, I saw some Nickelodeon stuff, but I didn't have Nickelodeon like when I was a kid kid. I, I did. So and like I... I grew up on it. I got some peripheral stuff, and I mean, there's obviously some some characters and shows and things from Nickelodeon, or, you know, everybody knows the game shows and stuff from back in the day, but... Um, I just, yeah, I never identified as much as a Nickelodeon kid. Now, I will say the majority of the documentary, because it's about an hour and 45 minutes, majority of the documentary is just kind of nostalgic. A lot of Double Dare. Uh, I mean, Double Dare is right in the beginning because that was a very early in the show. But um, but there is also some good stories of how they got started, how they ended up in Universal Studios. Uh, one of the most interesting stories, I mean, it's not really a spoiler, is the person, once they decided to go into cartoons, mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of people remember, is like uh, Rugrats, Doug, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, those. They sent someone out to find three new cartoons, and the rules were like, you can't, it can't be a toy. It can't be trying to sell something to kids. Okay. This lady went out, picked three cartoons. They were expecting one of them to be a hit. They were all three hits. First try. So she's got the magical touch. She really did. And then she went out and got more after that, and it just hit after hit. It was very, very interesting to see something like that. In in, uh, show business, no one knows nothing. So that may not be true. I think this lady knew something. She knew what she was doing. But it seemed like a lot of people at Nickelodeon knew what they were doing. Um, They were very... Um, dedicated to making a network for children, mm-hmm. not trying to sell to children. Right. In fact, for like the first 15, 20 years, you didn't even see merchandise from them. The first thing they put out was, if you guys remember, Nickelodeon Gak. I was going to say, I, I was like, that. Gak is like a toy that I remember. Gak, they literally went to Mattel and said, what's one of your rejects toys? We want to buy it for cheap. And then sell it to kids for cheap. And that's what they did. Preferably the most toxic uh, batch of chemicals. <laughs> it was pretty awesome, though. Right. I did love some gas. I had some gas. I always hated Nickelodeon because it always made me, reminded me that I was poor and didn't have access yeah. to it. And so there Same. was a dividing line. It was like Eric and I were on one side of the tracks gazing longly over the other side of the so tracks you know, at Rich Dave. I've never thought of my family as being rich. There were and some I still days, don't. Though. However... Amanda said the same thing. She's like, we, we, weren't, we, weren't, we weren't a cable-type family. Oh, so. yeah. 
Oh, I, I was a cable type family for a little while, and I got to watch whatever my neighbor had on through the wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, however that works. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if you have any nostalgic feelings towards Nickelodeon, I highly recommend the documentary. I enjoyed it a lot. Gotcha. All right. Uh, Eric, I think you had a bevy of things, right? I did. Um, via the uh, magic of podcasting, you know, you may not realize that uh, we had a little bit of an extra break there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, so I wanted to watch the uh, two most recent uh, Godzilla, you know, MonsterVerse movies. Okay. So I went to go watch those. So I had not seen uh, King of the Monsters or the new one, Godzilla vs. Kong. I started up King of the Monsters and I had seen the other two. I'd seen Godzilla and I had seen uh, Kong Skull Island. But I like they start talking about the events of the first movie, and I didn't remember anything. And I didn't. I literally got a couple seconds in. You didn't really need it, but I got a couple seconds in, and I was like, I got all weekend. Like it was it was Saturday morning. I was mm-hmm. like, I'll just watch all four this weekend. Um, so I went back and did a rewatch of like the whole series. Um, so this is what I'll say. Um, a little bit, just a quick thing about each one, just to show you the progression of kind of what I feel about that series. The first one when it came out, Godzilla, I really liked that movie. I liked the first third. I, I, I liked that was the best part of it, but mm-hmm. I liked the movie as a whole. I had fun with it. I liked the people involved in it, all the actors in it. Um, I liked the portrayal of the monster. I was fine with there what were they were doing. It. Yeah. The biggest complaint people came out of that with is you barely get to see the monster. Da, 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 more monster, more. I, I mean, yes. But I was okay with it. I liked what they were presenting to me. I had a, you know, it was okay. They think Steven Spielberg was wrong. I don't know. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. People still like that movie. But I'm just saying that was their big complaint with it. So then comes Kong Skull Island. Mm -hmm. Tons of great actors in it. Tons of people I love. I'm all ready for this. I'm like, oh, this is going to be sweet. I was really bummed out with um, the fact that a lot of the characters don't really do stuff that makes sense to me. Um, now, I will say this, though. This is kind of what I'm going with the way the last two movies were. The first two movies are still about the people, mm-hmm. okay? That's not the way this, the second two are. So, like, the Kong Skull Island is still about the people. Um, they kind of do stupid things, but it, it's fun stuff to watch. Like, you love, you know, Samuel L. Jackson and John C. Riley and, like, all this stuff. I got really annoyed that um, I knew that they were trying to ramp up the monsterness of this world. But it got really tiring how every two seconds they had to show me another giant version of a creature. Like, here's a giant spider, and here's a giant... I'm like, okay, it's a special island. I get it. You're just a big hat. It's funny. Yes. Uh, (laughs) So it just kept happening, right? So then the third movie, (laughs) King of the Monsters. I did not like this movie at first. I don't think it's a great movie. I ended up having somewhat fun with it. Guilty pleasure type Because fun. it gets so ridiculous. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, again, the, the second movie still makes sense. There's still a plot. Um, I just didn't like some of the choices that were made there, like uh, character-wise. The plot in the third one is garbage. Like, it is mo- so ridiculous. It's unbelievably bad being played by very good actors. <laughs> so it's like very good people still involved. Mm-hmm. But the plot is terrible. But what I got to give it props on is they set up a they start to set up a mythology about the monsters and about the cultures surrounding the monsters and you know ancient times like that kind of stuff. You get like glimpses of some of the stuff, pretty cool stuff. And the fights are pretty. They are. It's cool to see a three headed dragon that's this giant the size of a mountain. You know, good old Ghidorah. Ghidorah. Um, it, like there are some cool things that happen in that if you just want to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. 
but you really you really have to not care about the plot because the plot is terrible um it's it's also very hard to have uh oh gosh his name is escaping uh, me right now from an early edition our boy from friday night oh, lights yeah. he's uh he's the main character kyle chandler kyle chandler yeah it's I really hard to have kyle chandler and me still not like the movie but um it's it, yeah like i said there's the, no possibility he's bad in it He's not, but they're not given much to work with. So there are bad stuff that he does. Like there is bad scenes with him, but it's not, I don't, I never blame the actors in any of this. Mm. Um, but that was my thoughts with those. So kind of by the end of it, I was sort sort letting go a little bit and starting to have fun. I was loosening up a little bit. Then comes along <laughs> Godzilla vs. Kong, which is now completely about the monsters. Mm. There are people there, but all of a sudden, it's kind of like this in the third movie too, but especially in the fourth movie, the technology of the world advances to like Avengers level. I mean, there are just like ships that are like the size of like a coastline and like all these things flying through the air. And like they have, they just have insane technology. And I've already kind of given up on the plot making a sense, um, plot making sense part of this franchise okay. so i'm i'm okay with it but i actually had fun watching godzilla vs kong but again i don't think it was a good movie it just it really gives into those guilty pleasures of if you want to see a giant ape fight a giant lizard in a neon city and destroy it while the ape somehow is wielding a like weapon straight out of literally like a fantasy book (laughs) i've heard that i heard this it's craziness i i just constantly things kept happening this is what i was telling you it goes back to the old movies of like let's just see monsters fight it does but it takes it to another level this i I told i was like i don't know if jared would like this because he doesn't like stuff like transformers he doesn't but when something gets so ridiculous you, you have to get to yeah. a certain point, and then once you've this crested that there. point, I'm like, all right, this is good. I think this movie gets there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's also got a thing where, again, for spoiler reasons, I try not to say, but for anyone who's seen the movie out there, the reveal of the, let's just say, ultimate villain, I think is something Jared very much... I, that was my favorite part of the movie. Ah, uh, but it's just, it's just so... It, it's like, I don't know, I want to sit in a room while they pitch that movie... Because of the previous stuff, like the escalation of that series right. is insane from where that starts in a reality sense to where it ends. It's just crazy. But there's some really why cool they scenes. do that. Like why the soft they started launch. making money, man. No, I mean, like, why not just go full stupid? Because that was actually sort of my problem with the first one. It actually had a very good uh, the first third of that movie was intelligently well done. With, uh, Brian Cranston. Yes. Yes. Uh, that the the beginning was really intelligent, and well done, and then the second part was just stupid, but not too stupid. But I like and I just Taylor was just Johnson, like, and and it is what it is. is that but the son character, yeah, he's the yeah, he's I the main guy from Kick Ass. Oh my goodness, this is a family podcaster. Yeah. Yeah. What in the world are you doing? And that was outside of theaters. At some to point, my young girls are going to hear this, and they're going to hear Uncle <laughs> Daddy, Eric. Cussing. What did Uncle Eric say? I know. Yeah. Did he reference that movie from thirty years ago? <laughs> no, never did bother to see two. Oh my Just freaking ears! Two is ridiculous. <laughs> two is ridiculous. I, there are moments I like it. It's it's not as good as the first one, but there are moments that are fun. From my memory, you're talking about kick butt too. Yeah, right. I, I like your butt too. No, yeah. we've we've crested uh, uh, like over the hill on this one. I'm I I we we died on that hill before. It is called kick ass. That is what but, we're going to call it on here. But 
No buts. No, yes, but. I, I have I have honor, Eric. I don't okay. I don't curse on this podcast. That's right. Right. All right. Um, Anything else, sir? Yeah. So uh, that that was that series. Just ridiculousness. Um, I saw. I went literally right from uh, uh, Godzilla vs Kong, and I'm like, let me watch another uh, movie about giant monsters. Uh, I went. I watched uh, Underwater with Kristen Stewart. I I know this one. I never seen it, and I don't remember. I know the guy who did this was somebody who did something else that I I wanted to bring up, but I forget at this point. But basically, what it's kind of like the abyss. Um, I do this bombed the in theaters, didn't it? I don't remember it doing great. I, I will say this: it's got uh, this pre-COVID. Man, yes. I'm I'm real tired, guys. Uh, T.J. Miller. It's got T.J. Miller in it too. It's got a, it's actually got a couple people in it that I like. Um, one of the guys from Short Term Twelve, like the main guy, was he's in there too. Good movie. Um, like it's got good people in it, but uh, it's it's basically this. They're like I think they're supposed to be at the bottom of the Mariana like trench. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like you know they're super deep in the ocean. There's a mining facility set up in there. And it's like, so, I mean, obviously their tech is a little bit futuristic. Their suits are, but it's not like supposed to be like crazy far into the future or anything. It's far enough that they can build this kind of structure down there, but they really don't have everything figured out, you know? Um, so basically the movie starts out with, uh, like water leaking and stuff going wrong right away. And so it becomes this whole like survival thing for like the rest of the movie. Um, and then there is another element to it where, uh, what is causing, this damage mm-hmm. is not just uh not just the water we'll just say that um so yeah very very interesting i already knew that going in because it was kind of one of the things that got talked about if that movie ever got brought up and knowing that it was still fun um i actually liked it i don't think it's a great movie uh, as a whole because there's not really a lot of plot to it it is basically just people trying to survive and get from one section to another where they can get to like, you know, some life pods to go back up to the surface. Um, but it is, it is a horror and it is, I, I think it's scary enough. I, I never was jumping out of my seat, Mm. but it is meant to be scary. And I think it, I think it does a good job of that. It's really visually. It's very good. I'll just say that. I haven't seen a horror film in a long time. You, you, I think you would like this one, Jared, for sure. So, um, definitely check it out. All right. Um, but yeah, the, that was good. I watched, uh, the last blockbuster, the, the documentary. Yeah. Did, yeah. Like, I watched it. Yeah. I brought this up. Not a great documentary. Mm, no, but a good time for me because of just my memories of blockbuster. So right. it's like me being a movie fan and growing up, you know, spending time that I didn't need to spend just milling around blockbusters and also later on knowing Jared when he worked there. Mm. Horrible um, time of my life. Yeah. Uh, oh, I laughed so hard whenever uh, people traveled from like forever that were former Blockbuster employees because they wanted to relive the moment. Mm-mm. And I was like, there's no way. Nah, that was one. I, I remember you saying to me, if you're ever in Bend, Oregon, you would go to the last Blockbuster. But why would you ever be in Bend, That's Oregon? Right. I'm yes. not traveling. That's there. the same thing. I mean, I wouldn't go there for it. But if I was there in town. Yeah. Uh what did you think about the 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 getting the Russell Crowe, like the memorabilia? <laughs> you didn't you didn't watch it, did you? Oh, you no, you, I, no, I watched it. it. Okay, yeah, I actually knew that story already. Yeah. But <laughs> there's a weird thing with like some blockbusters getting Russell Crowe memorabilia from like some of his movies because huh. he was trying to sell stuff because of a divorce, but. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's odd. Um, mm. but so like this movie, uh, basically it's about one person, Jared. So mm. it's like, it's about 
all this stuff, but it's about the manager of this like last blockbuster. That actually makes it sound very good. Uh, and about like her, it's like a family business at that point. Like all of her family has worked there and kept that blockbuster going and like all this mm-hmm. stuff. So I don't know. I, I'm saying, yes, I, I would recommend watching it, but not if you're not a fan of blockbuster. Like if you don't have any nostalgia towards blockbuster, it's not a very good documentary. Kind of like my Nickelodeon documentary. Yeah. I don't know. I, it, again, it's a, it's, it's a, I know it was getting a lot of views out there. So I would, I would say, yeah, check it out, but don't, it's not the best, uh, for sure. Uh, I watched two other documentaries. Oh my God. Like you just went crazy. Like you haven't had anything to watch in weeks. Well, now I know. Just well, like, I've been reading and I took a, a small break from reading. Right. For like a week, <laughs> but, so. Man, <laughs> keep going. Uh, so I finally watched, which why I waited this long, I don't know. But I finally watched uh, the Game of Thrones documentary about the final season. Yeah. You watch. know, I never did watch that. It's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Uh, and you and I are on the side that the, fina- the, the last season of Game of Thrones was awesome. Yes, I I hey, see. Don't, don't hold me out of this. You I, were in there. I, yeah, too, I agree yeah. with you. I see some of people's some people's complaints, but I, back when this was happening, and I was in, you know, we weren't work from home at the time uh, at my last job. I would argue these points with people that really couldn't back up what they were saying. Um, that they there was it was very trendy to hate on Game of Thrones right then, mm-hmm. and I got it. But I would make a case for pretty much anything they said, and and usually they couldn't you know have a rebuttal to it um i i don't think it's perfect but i don't think it deserves i don't think season eight deserves the hate that it got and just being a fan of the whole series it was really cool to get to see insane amounts of behind the scenes stuff like it's really cool uh also uh you may like this too just like you uh with the blockbuster one where it's about the the manager right a lot of the time of this documentary is spent on people that are not the the characters of the show there is a lot of that so you will get cool stuff with the directors and with the producers and with the the actors but then they also focus on like a couple people like the guy who's in charge of the snow <laughs> like sounds stupid but like to see his struggles of like having to be the guy who makes the snow and what that means for a set like that is like kind of fun and just like seeing him struggle with it and also they do a lot of time with um i knew about this guy and i'm wondering if this thing is why he's so popular i feel like he was popular before this too but you know about the guy who is part of the starks guard every year right it's this like they use the same extra over and over They focus so much on him during this uh, thing because they have, I think they have footage too from like earlier seasons and stuff too. But because um, you see some stuff from like as it progresses over the years, but it's mostly all about like this last season. Dude, the story of this guy who is just such a big Game of Thrones fan and gets to live this dream and the emotional roller coaster he has, like about when that's coming to an end and. And all this stuff, and to see him interact with cast to where like was he ever just like why won't George write books? <sighs> I don't think this guy has that kind of mentality. He's just so happy to be there. Mm-hmm. Like it's, he's just it's hard not to all love right, this. Then guy. I like him already. It's hard not to love this guy. Like and he's so crazy. He's got a big long beard and he's just like so energetic. But you can tell too that like he gets into it. He's not there just to be like all right. Is it time to turn the cameras on? He's that start guard. The whole time he's there. What's going on, guys? He's, he's riling awesome. up. We're on Game of Thrones. He's riling up the other extras and talking uh, talking tr- uh, trash about the other houses. <laughs> like, he 
that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Like it's awesome. I'm telling you, it's a awesome documentary. Gotcha. Um, but I also watched uh, what sparked me into watching that was uh, they released uh, the Game of Thrones reunion with Conan O'Brien. So this was apparently only on if you bought the complete set of all of the seasons. Okay. But they released it on HBO Max. Um, I don't know if it's easy to find now too, but I saw an article about this and that's how I found it. I could not find this searching on HBO Max. So I would say if you want to watch this and it's not searchable, it wasn't listed under anything. I couldn't find it. But there were links to it in the article that I was doing. And I just basically just cast that to my Chromecast. To Weird. I don't know. Maybe it's on there now because it was like the first day. But um, if you can find it, yeah, it's the Game of Thrones reunion with Conan O'Brien. And it's basically the whole audience is all the cast. And there's a couple people that don't make it, but a lot of people do. Like, People was Davos there? Pre- pretty much everybody's there. Oh, if Davos was there, I'd be happy. But then there's like the producers, there's all crew, there's like just small time people. The whole audience of this like th- a whole theater is made up of just like Game of Thrones people. So right. the people that put in the blood, sweat, and tears. And they bring people up on stage. Like they bring a lot of the actors up on stage and like segregate them kind of like by houses and stuff. And it's some really cool behind the scenes stuff where they tell some stories and have some emotional moments and stuff. I, again, if you're a fan of Game of Thrones, I definitely think it's worth a watch. Uh, that is two hours long. It was two parts. Mm-hmm. So uh, what two, if you're a fan of Conan O'Brien? It was awesome. It was awesome being a fan of both because it was quite funny. Uh, a lot of the stuff that uh, that they were able to do there, and they show some like behind the scenes stuff too. But um, yeah, again, not a obviously not something I'm going to recommend if you don't watch Game of Thrones. You're not going to get much out of it. All right. But yeah, it's a good two hours worth if you want to watch it. All right. Um, last thing that I watched. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're I know. still going. I went to the movie theater, Dave. <gasps> Whoa. I uh, I didn't go necessarily because because of a movie. I just wanted to go to the theater and was like, "What's at the theater?" And I went and saw Nobody with uh, Bob oh, Odenkirk. okay. Awesome. Yeah. What's the plot of Nobody? I know so, it's an action movie. That's all I knew going in is I knew that the poster has him getting punched in the face. and He does have a punchable face. Yeah. I do love It's a lot of Bob fists Odenkirk. punching him in the face. And I knew it was an action movie, but I didn't know anything else. I knew it had gotten decent reviews. Um, this... I, I don't, I, I don't want to give like spoilers. I will say it's... Yes, it is very much an action movie. This is about the best action movie I think I've seen since John Wick. High uh, praise. It is very high praise. Uh, well, I know that the, um, not the cinematographer, but the person that uh, taught him like the fighting moves and everything uh, was the same guy that, that did the John Wick. I know yeah. it's, when I was reading the trivia on it, it said that uh, Bob uh, Odenkirk trained for two years for this movie. Um, but yeah, it is. Lies. He was playing Saul Goodman those yeah, two years. Well, he was training too, apparently, oh. at the same time. Um, but no, he uh, it's very, very good action. Very realistic. Now, he gets beat the up, we'll just say. So, he's he's getting tore up in scenes. It's it's quite funny sometimes how ridiculously brutal this movie is. But um, Was it as good as Thumb Wars? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is anything? No. Uh, but yeah, I highly recommend. I will not say it's a great plot um but it's not meant to be the it's just most supposed to get you rolling into the action kind of thing Mm -hmm. but it is it's very funny it's i I described it uh to a friend of ours it's a cross between john wick and shoot him up um it it's the action is serious but there are times where the scenes get ridiculous um and get goofy and funny Mm -hmm. uh i mean it's got some good people i I don't want to give spoilers but yeah I, i this is one of those movies i didn't watch the trailer till afterwards i have to say 
if you have interest in this, just trust me. Don't watch the trailer. One of the best, funniest scenes will get spoiled for you if you see the trailer. Gotcha. Um, it, it's worth seeing. But yeah. How many people are at a movie theater nowadays? <sighs> Not many. Uh, I mean, it was a tiny theater anyway, um, but... I want to say it was maybe 15 people. Was there like people it's walking like, around the thing and stuff? Walking around the thing? Like it wasn't a desert. Uh, it wasn't a ghost town inside the theater. Oh, no. But I mean, like the the showing that I had was like, it was, again, this is a small theater anyway, like mm-hmm. in terms of like, it's not like it was a giant one with a lot of seating, but uh, it, there was only like four people per row. You know, you'd have like two seats and then brock off like three or four seats and then like two mm-hmm. seats. Um, all right but yeah i I mean hey at least they're open you know Hmm. uh whether what it means for the long term and i know um you know you can rent out an entire theater they're doing that kind of stuff still too yeah acts acts of desperation yeah well it was good to go see something though and it it just lucked into a a good movie too so all right well i hope i hope theaters survive i do that way it would be a real shame you know, you if know, the world changed that way. You know what I did to help that? Mm-hmm. I went and saw a movie at a theater. Yep. I wore my mask though. I was, I, you know, good for you. <laughs> I don't know. What else? I don't know. I have nothing to say about that. Is that it, Eric? Did you watch anything else? That was the end of page one. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was it in my one week <laughs> that I had mm-hmm. to watch stuff. All right. So, uh, I, believe if you've been following week to week to week you've noticed that at some point jared stopped watching stuff uh he took a me that was that was the old me yeah so i i think i'm at least willing to now address what's been going on with me uh there's nothing medically wrong or anything like that so don't get worried genetically yes though (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all that's been happening is i decided a little while ago to make a go at something that i've wanted to do for a long time uh, I am, uh, as has been chronicled for many a times on this podcast with roller coasters, I'm a fanatic uh, for stuff like that. So I started a blog about uh, roller coasters and my love of them. Um, you can find it at uh, themeparkcoastercrazy.com. Uh, mostly it's just centered in on uh, stuff with Six Lakes St. Louis right now, but I'm going to branch out to Silver Dollar City uh, soon and then, you know, from there now, on, now hold on, on. on we we charge for plugs like that jared yeah. so you owe me and eric some money yeah money back guarantee yeah we, yep. uh very much a work in progress so yep. just know that when you go there that he's yep. he's letting you in on the thing he loves which is not ready yet so yep. um getting better uh, is not that anybody needs to know this but i have all day off tomorrow and i was going to spend tomorrow just polishing and so, trying to get it to look somewhat professional by tomorrow just like it you know is tax season and people find loopholes uh for things to write them off on their taxes um i'm pretty sure this is just a shell so that uh jared can make trips to go things i that, did think i could start writing off yeah. my uh, memberships and hey, stuff like that uh, honey i'm gonna be gone for the weekend and drive wherever and you can take care of the kids because I, it's it's, it's for it's the for work. It's for it's, work. It's for work. Yeah, it's very serious. It's for the site. It's very serious. <laughs> I also wanted to write Outlaw Run. So yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, the other thing, if in case you did want to keep touch with me, uh, I've signed up for Instagram. Uh, it's a very big thing in the coaster community. So if you go to Instagram, you can follow me at uh, Theme Park Coaster Crazy. Uh, shockingly enough, uh, I had the same name as the site there. So that's it for me. I I, I pour a lot of time into this. That's why I've not had a lot 
to watch. I'm very glad that we're still doing this because it makes it so that I at least watch one thing pleasurable. Uh, <laughs> oh, week, pleasurable. Except yeah. for this week. No. Uh, Eric, no. Uh, Eric decided to do this to me. So, all right. So let's, uh, that's enough for me. Uh, theme Park Coaster Crazy. If you'd like to uh, go support what I do, I'd appreciate it. All right. Let's get into the movie of the week. The movie that Eric picked for this week is Beverly Hills Ninja. This came out in 1997, currently holds a shockingly high review on Rotten Tomatoes, 14%. Uh, it was made on a budget of eighteen million and had a box office of thirty one point five million. <laughs> Cheaper than jujitsu. Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> Twenty five million for jujitsu. I love that, that I love that you brought up one of its peers, you know, another martial arts movie. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go around and give our star ratings for this movie. I and mean, this this movie is garbage, guys. Uh <laughs> There's almost no redeeming qualities to this. With, But I will say this. I've been dogging on it, but I will put this caveat. This movie aims low. It's not like it... This movie is not trying to be Citizen Kane. No. And therefore, I'm a little less harsh on it than I should be. I had some guilty pleasure fun with this movie, so I'm actually uh, going to be at three stars. There we go. It's in the light category. It is in the light category. Now, that might also just be that uh, it was fun and I don't know. But uh, again, I'm going to rail on this movie because I think it's garbage. But the movie wasn't trying to be nothing but. So I just went with it. It's very upfront with it trying to be silliness. Yep. Uh, So, yeah, uh, I went back and forth on this and... I agree. Um, I'm actually not much higher than you, but I, 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 I can't give this movie an insane high score, but I get some enjoyment out of watching it, even though I know it's a bad movie. I got to give it 3.5. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember this movie as being just a terrible Chris Farley movie because he's made some good ones that I've really enjoyed. He made one good one. And I I was in love with Chris Farley when this came out. Right. And I remember even when I was, because 97, I mean, gosh, I haven't even graduated high school yet. I mean, we were 14. Even then, I was like, this is not his best work. I was so excited. (laughs) However, I went back and watched it and kind of like you guys have said, there was some ridiculously guilty pleasure out of watching this and i found myself cracking up so yeah i kind of fall in the same boat about three stars i think before we go on to i think part of it really is chris farley was such a part of my childhood and he has been relegated to my occasional watch of tommy boy at this point so it's this thing of like even though I know this movie, and I don't, I, there was a lot, obviously, I don't remember. I haven't seen it since I was younger, but this was a movie I was super excited to go see when it hit the theaters. Um, like, I was hyped for this movie. Um, it's almost like getting footage of someone that you forgot about. It's like, it's like an old home movie that you dusted off and, and you get to see someone that has been removed from your life for a long, long time. So, uh, for that alone, that gave it some points. Hmm. 
I come at it from a different angle. Uh, I don't think I'd actually seen this. Uh, I thought I had. But now that I think back on it, I was doing a Chris Farley watch. I watched Tommy Boy and loved it. Yeah. Then I tried to watch Black Sheep. I turned off Black Sheep. And I don't remember any of this movie, even though I thought I had started it. I thought I had turned it off. I don't. I don't think I did. I think I turned off Black Sheep and went, I'm done, yeah. uh, and never went uh, to Beverly Hills. So I had never seen it. There is no nostalgia with uh, element to this movie. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm not actually that huge of a fan of Chris Farley either. So mm. I, I just, the movie was stupid pleasure, and I went with it. I was super into SNL during his years, so like... I was as much of a fan as your average person. I think, you know, obviously, uh, Van Down by the River is classic for yeah. a good reason, stuff like that. But um, I'll so let me let me start off with this. I, I think it's it's usually when we are middle of the road, the distinctions between good and bad are very hard to do. So let's actually start with bad. And then I want you to try to highlight things that you like as we go along. Make sense. Yep. Start with bad. So we're going to start with bad, but the idea being that we're going to also highlight the things that we like about it as we go along. So it's going to be kind of a mingled uh, thing of it. Uh, the th- one of the things I disliked about this movie is it, it makes the what I consider to be a very dumb idea in a comedy. It's the solid, solo stupid. Uh, one of the reasons Chris Farley's humor works is because he is able to bounce off of somebody yet this movie uh abandons him for almost all the film every once in a while he has funny interactions with the the main girl what's her name um well, I know that uh, Nicolette Sheridan yeah, or Nicolette something. Sheridan. You you watched Desperate Housewives. Yeah. Desperate Housewives, Jared, you I, should know. And I liked her. Um as I liked her in this too. Anytime a a good looking woman can have fun. We t- well, we talked about that. Fun I think of herself, in, kind of thing during I, Naked Gun. Too, yeah. yeah, yeah, she was really good. Uh, something Presley wasn't. Does so matter. Uh, um, but he spent, and it, it makes sense. The movie's Ninja, so it makes sense that he go creeping around. But he spends so much time by himself in this movie. No, and, he doesn't. He no? has a shadow at all times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, his brother's always there. Do you know? Do you know? I. <laughs> You know how stupid I felt during one of the scenes. Did you not realize it was in the, <laughs> the, 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 the when he dressed up as a woman? Yeah. I, I forgot. I forgot. I f- they kept centering in on her, yes. and I kept thinking, like, why do they keep? Oh my goodness! <laughs> that's that's what it was. Is I realized before they ripped like her wig off, yeah. but it was that thing of where I had seen her multiple times sitting there, and I'm like, why do they keep what? focusing? Is she a spy? Right. I was like, is she part and of like Interpol? Goes, or don't something? hit me! Don't hit me! And then all of a sudden. She starts finding him. I'm like, why is this woman helping him? And then I'm like, oh, wait. Oh, you went real far into it before you realized. Right. I'm, no, oh, man. I felt so stupid when I didn't immediately realize that that was supposed to be his brother. So here, going on the idea of good and bad, I think that it was stupid for the movie to put him by himself through so much of this movie. But uh, the idea that his brother was always there lurking, somehow he was able to do all that, that stuff never ceased to amuse me. Like when he gets the Doberman and yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. just, you know what? I wanted to say this. I'd, maybe this, I'm sure this movie was uh, um, sound mixed at Lucasfilm or something. The amount of Star Wars 
sound effects I heard in this movie hmm. was astonishing. I mean, I'm a big Star Wars fan. Did you even fan. hear like the lightsaber sound? I did with notice. the no with the um. When it would go into the flying dream sequence stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so even even the thing of the Doberman, the Doberman is the sound of uh, that big dragon thing that Obi-Wan rides in Revenge of the Sith. The sound that it makes, it's if it's not the exact sound file, I would be shocked. Hmm. Sounds exactly the same. But this predated Revenge of the Sith. I know, but I'm saying Lucasfilm keeps a sound yeah. library. So what I'm saying is they're big fans. Yeah. Over at Lucasfilms, what, what I'm hearing. And then George Lucas was in uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3, <laughs> which is part of the same universe, obviously. You know? Yeah, it's the Beverly Hills universe. Yeah. The Beverly Hills Chihuahua is there. and Yep. Hmm. And then... Um, Kung Fu Panda, you got to mention that. Yeah. Then then our heroes at the end of this movie go, uh, go off and become Beverly Hillbillies. So, you know, there's that. Black gold, Texas tea. Hmm. Love yeah. me some uh, Beverly Hills... Uh, uh, Beverly, Beverly Hillbillies. That was always a great one. All right. So, yeah, my, I actually, if I'm to name what I think is probably the funniest part of this movie, like uh, it is anytime the brother is hiding out. That, oh, yeah. uh, that always made me laugh. What about for you guys, though? That is, that's the most obvious, I think. Um, I think it, it got less and less as it went on, but the first time. <laughs> The first time that they go to the ethereal plane or whatever. Because yeah. <laughs> he's not there. And you notice that the scene is starting and he's not there. So, like, you go, okay, he didn't make it to that. And then when he comes just flying by, like, ah, mm. it's so cheesy. But, again, it's so silly that it's fun. So, it's, like, just, just his ridiculousness with it. And then the fact that they just kept that bit going, like... Like like when the other when his brother has to leave and hide behind a cloud <laughs> in the ethereal plane because Chris Farley's coming. Like, come on, man, that's funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, I think that was uh, that always got me laughing. But again, it, it was diminishing returns. Um, I really liked, as stupid as he was, as stupid as it was, all this stuff with the with uh, uh Chris Rock. Like, just the idea that like Chris Rock is believing everything that he's saying the so parts when he follows him through by getting on the palm tree i was gonna say the palm tree <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> when he's cheering him on yeah. at the palm tree and it keeps swinging back and forth because it's already again this movie had a way with being ridiculous than doing something that was more ridiculous mm -hmm. and winning you over so the palm tree thing just kept going where like before chris rock when chris mm -hmm. farley's doing it right so he's doing this and he's and you're like <laughs> watching this in real time as he bends this thing over and Chris Rock is shouting for him and he goes to make the jump and he goes up in the air when, when he went elevated on an, a trajectory I laughed so hard because it was so dumb I did think like okay uh, this movie has gone full on and then when it cuts back and Chris Rock is on the tree trying to come like this movie is so dumb it was fun like I, 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 here's the thing. I feel like making this movie should have been a blast. Yeah. It really is a downer for me when I, cause I had heard this before. And again, this is years later, me going off IMDb trivia. So hold it with a grain of salt, but this, this, this rang something true in my brain from, from memory. I do remember hearing this. Chris Farley hated this movie. Yes. It really, 
it puts a sour note when I think about it, whenever I, I want to have fun in these moments that Chris Farley watched this movie and was like, this is the worst. Like he, it's yeah. his humor stripped uh, to its stupidest level. It's him being well, again, and he is that in a lot of other other movies, but it's a, it's on another level. It's 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 him boiling him down to his dumbest qualities mm-hmm. and putting those on display to be laughed at. Yep, but it's funny. <laughs> so it's like I get it. I always hate when someone who's involved in something I like doesn't like it. Oh, so easier to be. Um Easy on this film 24 years later. The IMDb trivia said that this is Christian Bale's favorite movie. I've never heard that. (laughs) That Every time it's on, he watches it to completion. You have to wonder if that's... To him being uh, facetious. Yeah. 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 uh, So my favorite, like, it's another reoccurring joke, but like where people keep on dying around him and it looks like his fault. But the first time when he's in that little like boat and someone gets shot and literally falls right in front of him, (laughs) he's trying to paddle away from the police. I just start cracking up at that scene. Um, But then it happens again later when he's outside and they fall. And then like, that lady is screaming. I was like, yeah. oh, this is so stupid. <laughs> I also, it, it, the level, again, the level of stupidity when stuffed. So even when they're not trying to be slapstick, the level of just how stupid the movie was made me laugh. That scene where the lady's looking out the window and he's on the tr- like trash because he got thrown out of the place. And then there's the two guys that got shot. The fact that because he raised his hands and he had the the burns on his arm. Mm-hmm. The news knew that he was a ninja. <laughs> like the idea that like you just see a Makes random guy that has stuff. And yep, I mean he's clearly a ninja. I mean, don't look at him or anything like his physicality. I mean, yes, in the world he is supposed to be a ninja, but it's just, it's just stupid. Uh, I think uh, the funniest scene in this movie because it just keeps going is how ridiculously he destroys the dojo. In the beginning, <laughs> when he burns the scroll <laughs> and then he throws water on it and smears it, oh, uh, uh, and, the, and then when he breaks the 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 all the urns and they're all the piles and he gets so sad over each pile, and when he goes to pick it up, he just puts them together and he goes, "Well, they worked as a team." <laughs> like it's so dumb, but it was fun. Um, apparently, too, he hurt himself in that scene when he dives out the. Uh, mm-hmm. Out the stuff like he hit something on the way out. Like I don't know. Uh, I, I'm I'm shocked that Chris Farley <laughs> hurt himself like multiple times in this film. There's times where he just smokes the pavement like hard, like full body. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and, and I would imagine it's not easy to get a stunt man that can replace uh, Chris Farley accurately. Probably not a lot of stunt men <laughs> no. like Chris Farley, right? Yeah, that have that build. But yeah, uh, yeah it's if we're still kind of starting with negatives. The thing that kind of brings down the score with this is a lot of the jokes are seriously the lowest common denominator. Yes. Like they're literally just making a joke. Just a second. Is there another kind in this movie, Dave? (sighs) There is no hybrid. You know what? You're probably right. But they lean into it. And there's some like, it makes me laugh. So I can't say I hate it, but at the same time, it's like, all right, how many fat jokes can you make? Yes. How many, you know, uh, clumsy, stupid jokes, can you make like you bring up him destroying the dojo? It's literally like, oh no, he 
he fumbled with a weapon again. It's and, uh, every time. Right. It was early he never enough becomes, in there that was the um, He never becomes competent in this movie. Well, one scene, the only scene that he does... When he it, defends his brother. Is when he said, yeah, like, no one, like, hurts my brother. And then... Even if he's not the most fluid, uh, you know, like using the best martial arts style and form and everything, he legitimately, again, it's scripted, obviously, but he legitimately um, beats that whole group of people there mm-hmm. pretty well. I mean, even like catching the bar and stuff, he's supposed to actually be competent in that moment. Oh, wait. The, he also gets shot at and he's able to hit, hit the bullets with the, with the swords. By, yeah, the, by the guy who just I kept staring at going, this guy is not related to Syrian Hines, <laughs> but he just looks like huh? Syrian Hines. The bad guy looks so Who's much. Syrian Hines? You know who Syrian Hines oh. is? Well, I'm going to give you one from something we referenced earlier. All right. He's the king beyond the wall, man. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, he looks so much like Syrian Hines, it's actually distracting. Gotcha. <laughs> like a young one. But um, yeah, when he's just shooting at him. Yeah, I can see what you mean. Yeah. Uh, I, so in terms of stupidity, it's in that scene, too, that bugs me. Why, why do they put a bomb in their own warehouse with that girl? Uh, with a red digital readout. Yeah. By the way, and the explosion is only enough to do the back of a truck. <laughs> uh, I did think the same thing. Um, it is impossible. For, uh, uh, Roger Ebert was, out of all the cliches in movies, the one that he always hated the most, I think, because he always points it out, is the... Uh, time bomb with a red digital clock yeah. ticking down. Dude, he pulls a wire and it loses five minutes for some reason. <laughs> what What purpose? I think it's just a minute, wasn't it? No, it was no, five, five minutes. minutes. Five minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is impossible for me to watch a movie where that happens anymore and not think of how Roger Ebert would <laughs> but have thought. But it's so dumb. But then again, when they lean into the silliness, when he is... <laughs> Going to defuse the bomb, and he gets done, and it's he's he's tore up the phone. <laughs> like, it's that was so Eric dumb. in a phone booth a few years ago. Yeah, watching uh, War Games. Yeah. Uh, shout out! To oh, that there you go. I was like, did I miss a reference? Shout yeah. out to the War Games episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's it's just even when it's being dumb, so dumb. <laughs> they cross the threshold into funny. You know what? Here, you know what I just thought of? What was the bad guy trying to do in this movie? Was he trying to counterfeit money? Yeah. yeah. Was I didn't right? understand that till later. They mentioned the plates, and I know that counterfeiting has to do with, like, you know, plates. But <laughs> but I didn't, like, the movie is so, like, nonsense at the beginning that, like, I didn't catch whatever their goal was. And that was the whole thing with whenever... uh her is she using a wrong name and is she like you know is she on his side or isn't isn't she that whole stupid thing that they go through yes and it by the way how does her getting the plates prove that her sister died i don't i don't sister died (laughs) you don't know what the plot is again as has happened sometimes i had to watch this movie in pieces there were a couple times i watched it in bed at nighttime before bed and so i there might be some hazy moments for me so she comes to get help from chris farley in the beginning of the movie right right gives him a name which he finds out later is fake fake. which everyone tells him is fake and he doesn't he's no she wouldn't do that and so wait what about the sister though so when when it's actually revealed that she is on chris farley's side yes it's the same scene with the doberman and everything where he goes up into the room yep 
she's like no she's like i'm she's he's like oh well he's your boyfriend i she's like no i'm just i'm just here trying to prove she's like so the her, her sister was previously that guy's girlfriend okay. and died and she's trying to find proof that he got her killed or murdered her so did we find proof of that I don't know because apparently the plates uh, prove it, but they never, I don't wait, think they what? ever mention how the counterfeit plates have anything to do with the sister. <laughs> so can you really blame me that I missed that part of the movie? No, it's confusing. It is confusing. I must have heard it at the time and disregarded it because I didn't understand Again, it. Again, maybe they say, but I don't remember there any being any connection about the sister and the plates. Hmm. It, it just kind of just transitions at some point to like, that's why she's there and she's she's undercover basically trying to trying to do this thing and then also you want to talk about not making sense too do you know how quickly it goes from whenever they like whenever they go him and uh her drive away and they get shot at remember yes because there's that scene brothers in the trunk yeah and he's like oh we're not in danger i'll let you know when we're in danger he's like we're in danger and he drives away he's just shooting at his girlfriend (laughs) like right there in that scene Mm -hmm. without any explanation yet all he knows is that she got in a car with some guy and started to drive away, and then he just decides to like shoot and murder his girlfriend. That was Weird. enough. Yeah. Weird. That was enough of betrayal. What did you think of the uh, Will Sasso uh, scene, <clears throat> and then the following where he replaces him when he puts wears the fake mustache and is the real annoying guy? Here, here's my thought about that. Like, So it's kind of an annoying thing when they like sneeze into the, what is it, the drugs or whatever that all makes him oh, start yeah, laughing yeah. or whatever. But the thing is, when Chris Farley starts doing an impersonation of Will Sasso, I bought. Yeah, it's as like I bought into that. I'm like, he's actually good. doing a very good job. So was he famous him. at that point? Uh, I or is he mad, only? What, what year did Mad TV start? He I don't know. Probably was on Mad TV. Was that, at that Mad point. TV? Yeah. Okay. I, I was like, whatever your Mad. TV I don't was know on. if I, I. You know, I liked Mad TV, but I don't. I don't actually remember him. Yeah, he was a bit, he was one of the main cast members of Mad TV. The I only became aware of him when he was in that uh, CBS TV show. You don't remember him playing Steven Seagal in uh, Mad TV skits? No, <laughs> I have fantastic. no memory of that. It's pretty great. I loved. I for some reason, whatever he he, he did not stick out in my head for some reason, which is weird because I think it's very funny. Having said that. He created one of the biggest sins in movie history for me, which is he starred as Curly in the Three Stooges yeah. movie, yeah. and I have had a hard time trying to forgive him for that travesty. Even though you never seen it, no, I saw it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I another slapstick I movie. Hated that movie, man. <laughs> I, I hated that movie in a way that I don't usually hate movies like I hate that movie. I didn't actually it see way. it. Yeah, I do. I need to say the word again. I hated that movie. Yeah, I remember that's part of why I didn't watch it. So yeah. you talked me out of it. Yeah, go watch go watch the old Three Stooges episodes. Uh, no reason to watch that new movie. Yeah. All right, let's get back to Beverly Hills uh, Ninja. Dave, yeah. you're not uh, given enough insights. What else you got why to not? say about this movie? Uh, n- nothing. I mean, it's a good time. Anything bad or good well, I that ca- has not I, been I mean, spotlighted that you I kind of brought about. up that it's the lowest common denominator. You even said that it's throughout the whole movie. But um, as far as good goes, like there's just slapstick that I find funny. Um, when he what about is, Chris Rock? I'd be interested because in, um, I thought he was funny, but he was so utterly pointless. To he the movie. was underused, I think. Yeah, he seemed to have been an afterthought or one of those things where the dude is so funny that. The ed- the- in the editing room, they keep giving him more stuff to do, even though it makes little sense for him to the be there. The main scene, I guess the main reason he was kind of there was when um, 
Haru, which Chris Farley's character, blindfolds mm. himself yeah. and goes in the back <laughs> of the right. car. He, and he's like, I hear water. Turn towards it. Yeah. And they go through car the car wash. wash and everything. And at the very end, his brother just knocks him out and drives him <laughs> to the right spot. <laughs> I, I mean, no, the I'm, best part I'm about equally that? annoyed yeah. and think it's funny yeah. as you're saying it. Yeah. Right. Both things at the same time. <laughs> it, I agree. I agree. It's a weird way to uh, interpret that because because it is. It also goes on so long too. Uh, but it, in, it again, even if I was going to be annoyed, what wins me over is there's always another tag. So it's it's not only did his, his brother drive him or whatever. It's when he <laughs> blinds himself and he looks down at the knocked out Chris Rock and he's like. Such a weak boy. <laughs> like, like, it's just it's the way that he, oh, I'm just saying, like, it's, it's so dumb, but it just finds a way. Uh, we're on track now. Yeah, we're on the track. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. All right. One more reoccurring joke that I actually think is very funny and, and might be the least stupid of them. Uh, the reoccurring joke about how he would always leave his shoes and then oh, the same gym yes. would have to clean him up. I, I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, the old guy muttering to himself yeah, like, as he oh, scoops the shoes. <laughs> uh, I thought that was really funny. Yeah. And they do a good job of pointing it out, but like... <laughs> it's like four times that it happens. Yeah. Uh, I, I Doesn't he... The last time Chris Farley's like, yeah. where's my shoes? Yeah, yeah, he, who keeps taking who take my shoes? Yeah. That was good stuff. All right, uh, Dave, you said that there's nothing else bad or good you want to highlight? No, it, that This movie falls right in the middle for me. Yeah. Like, I, it's not one I'm going to go back and watch again, but it's it's enjoyable. Yep. So here's what I'm going to say, Jared. Hmm. You, 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 you were pretty dead set against this film. I was. And you don't think it's a masterpiece, but you ended up having a better time than you expected. Yep. You were, you were let's just say, a little harsh on it. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to run through some of the filmography here of uh, what this director did. And I want to see if maybe you're willing to... You know what? That's interesting. I never even looked up who it was. I want to see if you're willing to um, be open to uh, maybe rethinking another film. Okay. So let's see. Let's go back pre this. He he did uh, Problem Child. Okay. Never saw it. Oh, what? I like Problem Child. It's a, it's I It's a don't, movie of the 80s, man. I don't think it would be a good film if you watched it again now. But I mean, I loved it when I was younger. My uh, mom told me I was a problem child and didn't have to watch the movie Problem Child. <laughs> uh, so he did Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Happy Gilmore is... No, wait. No, I don't like Happy Gilmore. That's a terrible I was going to say, film. you don't like Happy Gilmore. No, I like Billy Madison. He did Big Daddy, Jared. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> maybe, maybe <sighs> you should revisit Big when Daddy. When I said I didn't like Happy Gilmore... I might have to put that in a different category of what I thought about Big Dad. I'm going to keep going through this, guys. That was the one I was trying to get to, obviously. Uh, but these are the other films that he's done. Saving Silverman. I think I like that one. Yeah, I like, like that Saving one. Silverman, yeah. That's the one with Neil Diamond jokes, right? Yes. Oh, I love Neil Diamond. And it's Diamond. got Bruce Campbell in it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I actually liked this one, too. Uh, National Security. National Security. I don't know that one. You don't remember National Security with uh, Martin Lawrence and Steve Zahn? Oh. They were like security guards that get wrapped up in I like a bad boys plot kind of thing. I know the movie, but I've never seen it. I remember liking it. I don't know if it, again, I don't know if it I always up. love Steve Zahn. Then it starts to, I mean, if it wasn't already downhill, it starts going downhill. Uh, you have uh, the Bench Warmers. Never saw it. You have I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry. 
Oh. I never saw that movie. People hate this one, but this next one I actually like. I've thought about picking it on the podcast. Mm. You don't mess with the Zohan. I never did see it. Ugh. Though I will say this, out of his catalog, that was one that at least looked oh interesting to me. It's it's another one like this one where you talk about where it goes so goofy that it's funny. It's it's so silly that I I don't know. I I think I think that movie's actually pretty funny. But then uh then it gets rough. Uh, grown ups, uh, you know, grown ups. We we haven't watched it because we we have some kind of class. Uh, Adam Sandler, Chris Rock. I mean, grown ups. Yeah, you know, it's got Kevin James, Chris Rock, David Spade, Rob Schneider. You know, every good thing has Rob. Schneider. Wait, is is grown? What was the movie where they did the Not- podcast on the sequel, but they'd never seen the original one? Was that Grown Ups too? Yeah, which he did also. <laughs> okay. Uh, then Jack- I, I know the movie that you're talking about. And uh, so he did Grown Ups 2 as well. All right. And Jack and Jill. <laughs> yeah, I never, never saw that. <laughs> Not that this guy had the most shining career, but whoo, those last couple ones. Again, you I know actually what? like Zohan. He made money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's he, no He became that. like Sandler's dude there for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I think out of learned- all those movies, I at least put this one and uh, Saving Silverman. Yeah. Uh, in the like category, I yeah. love Saving Silverman. And it's a great movie. Yeah, to be it's determined. Been a very long time, mm. but I remember liking it. To be determined on Jared's rewatch of Big Daddy. So <laughs> no, <laughs> my goodness, man, <laughs> I wasn't even a father uh, when I saw that movie, and I was righteously I, angry. I about guess that's it. one of the ones that's it's maybe a deeper cut than uh, some because we do reference a lot of other movies and stuff at times on here. But Jared's hate of Big Daddy is legendary, and one I've. I don't think that movie is fine art. I've just never understood the level of hatred and anger. It's like it oozes from you when you when you talk about that film. I don't find jokes about child abuse funny, man. Mm. There's there's no part of me that can detach myself from that element of the film uh, in order to have fun with Even it. Even though it's not real, you know. I don't know how to do that. I remember you told me you got joy when the judge did not give him rights to the child. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm not... Big Daddy and Three Stooges, I would have to really think hard about which one of those movies I hated more. Yeah. That would that would take me longer than well I think Three we have Stooges. On this it's because it's something beloved to you, but like Big Daddy is its own creation, and yet it grows to such hatred in Ugh. you. Like the other thing is, it, it, you hate because of what it makes you think about the old one. It's like you know what it does to its legacy. That it's kind the of disgrace, is what that is. So I'm saying that it's easier for you to hate the Three Stooges movie. Right. It, the Big Daddy was just an accomplishment of, of out of nowhere. The yeah. level of hate that he had. That movie is just terrible. So, like, when I looked through the, I couldn't wait to mention that too because I was like, I hope Jared likes this movie, <laughs> like in some capacity, because I'm like, oh, this guy made Big Daddy. Yeah, this movie was funny. It was fine. All right, uh, Eric, did you have anything else to say about this movie? Highlights or lowlights? Uh, I mean, we talked about most of it. It's just, it's just how like that whole scene with the bomb, and and then when the bomb gets pulled in, what what was that harpoon for? <laughs> It don't don't worry about it. Man. <laughs> what was that giant harpoon for? I, well, and it, not only okay. So I actually did think about this too. I, I gave it more thought than I probably should have. But um, what was it for? What was he hoping to achieve with it? On top of it, <laughs> like, like the, what was his game like? 
the, the chance that he would have just killed her by shooting it through the wall was way higher than than anything. Like I immediately realized, like, okay, I I get it. It's going to attach to the bomb, and, <laughs> and it's going it to drop. I, it up, I yeah. got it. I got it. But but then, I was like, there has to be some internal logic to why he's doing something. But then they couldn't even kill him. It blows up, and then they arrest him because <laughs> he's just he doesn't. By the way. He's like awake in that truck and then just waits for the police to get there instead of leaving. Well, you know, I, he realized the error of his error, error of his ways, uh, man. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I liked, even though it was dumb. I again, we talk about whenever something se- sound, seems mean, but uh, ends up being kind of done from a lens that is kind of good spirited. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say it's good spirited in a sense, but I'm saying the the way that even though he's a massive idiot throughout you know ninety nine percent of this film, the 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 fact that his quote which was so weird that he called him dad that his dad he called him dad and sensei but whatever mm-hmm. the sensei that adopted him and raised him the fact that he never even when he's like disappointed in him he never loses faith in him. And he never gives up on him. In fact, goes the other way and is like, you need to do this and this mm-hmm. is important for you. And then the way that he gets his brother to realize that he needs to be supportive. You know what, Eric? I think – I don't know if I would have been able to put my finger on it. But it's I good think nature. as you're talking, yeah. I think I realized why I like this movie where I shouldn't have. It is good-natured. It's never mean-spirited. Uh I think that's probably why I ended up liking it. It's that's that, interesting. It's that scene where he's uh, also too, where we talk about the the stupid, um, you know, ethereal plane thing, where his brother is there first and he just wants to quit and he wants to leave, and he makes him go hide, and then he knows that the brother can hear him when the father sensei or whatever talks to him, and he says, because because he's ready to give up, and he's like, I can't do it, and all this stuff, and he's like, No, you need to stay. And he says, "You have some. You have a skill that um, that other people don't have, and that's a a big heart." He's like, and then he's like, and people like your brother would learn, you know, learn to be better from that. Like whatever the line is, but basically this thing of like, you think he's an idiot, but he is a master at something that you have not mastered yet, mm-hmm. and that's compassion and and loyalty, and that that realization that like the brother has to go through. To be, you know, to be, not just be a chore, to be there because he wants to help him succeed. It is stupid, yeah. but it is good natured and it works. Yep. Uh, one last funny moment when he throws that mustache back on oh. his face. <laughs> it's so perfect. I love too that he's like, what? The, the way that he plays it off is some of the best acting that Chris Farley's ever done when he's like, I think a bug bit me. <laughs> like he, t- he has no idea what happened. That part, I didn't. I didn't laugh out loud at a lot of this movie. That was probably the hardest I actually laughed when it, he tossed that mustache back onto his face. I love how annoyed he looked before he did it. When he, when the brother comes up to the water fountain, is just like. <sighs> I have here. to do them again. Uh, I don't. I didn't want to end on a negative, but there was actually something I wanted to bring up, and right. I forgot about it. We mentioned Saturday Night Live early mm-hmm. earlier. I really don't like that they felt they needed to, for laughs, redo a joke from one of his most famous scenes. They have him do the Chippendales dance in the strip club in this. Oh, Oh, yeah. And it feels so forced and pandering 
Like he's even doing the arm movements and stuff like he like he does. It it's just like look, I mean it's funny, it's a big guy on a stage and he's he's not used to it, whatever. But it's it it it's literally like, hey, you know that scene you love from Saturday Night Live? Here it is. Mm-hmm. It it was bad. Yeah. Look, kids, it's Park Hamill. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't have him wake up in a van down by a river or something <laughs> just for just for laughs. But yep. yeah. It, it 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 I don't know. I don't know why I would care because again, this movie's not aiming for much. But yep. all right, guys, I say we close the book on <clears throat> uh, Beverly Hills Ninja. Yes, uh, Sensei. Whatever. I usually try to give a good or a bad Anya for, but I'm just like I don't know, Eric. It's fine. <laughs> all right, three stars, man. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, we all like. That's it. a big score from Jared. Had fun movie. It was a fun movie. All right. Uh, so listen, if you uh, why don't you tell us what the well, movie of the week will be do, first? Do your do your thing first because I'll I'll bring it up. All right, sounds good. Yeah. So if you did like this podcast, I know even me, the host, had to have Eric explain parts of the plot. So probably not the uh, most uh, film integrity podcast we've ever done. But uh, listen, if you did like this podcast, you like what we do day in and day out, we would greatly appreciate it if you went to your podcatcher of choice and gave us a nice uh, five-star review or whatever the highest is that uh, you can do. Uh, and also, you can reach out to us at cueituppod at gmail.com. If you look at the podcast description, Eric always puts the exact spelling in there. So we'd appreciate both those things. And with that in mind, Dave, you were going to pick our movie. Yeah, so I do have a pick. Okay. However, I had another pick mm-hmm. that I wanted to do. Is How- it on Netflix? It is, it is. Is it breaking any rules of the podcast well, format? it'll be off Netflix before our next episode. When does it I would off? say no. Okay, then I I just want to do a quick review of the movie, because oh, I know you've all wait, seen it. What? It's a mini review. Right and, now and I, or yeah, yeah, right, No, right now. Okay. And it's just one question. All right. Waterworld, is it a good or a bad movie? Didn't that just come on the thing? And yeah, and it's already coming off at the end of the month. Oh, yeah. that's stupid. It's stupid, because I, I wanted to do a full review. I've only wait. seen Waterworld one time. I liked it shockingly a lot yeah what day does it leave dude uh the 30th that's i know that's half a month by by the time we record by the time we release yeah, it it's april 15th now we're not going to record it till the 22nd and then by the time you release it i mean it'll be on there but it'll only be a few days we can do it if you want i mean it's up to you i, it, I would if it, at least it if it releases before, prior to it coming off i guess it's technically within um the rules I would say this too. This episode is probably going to go up tonight because mm-hmm. I was holding them back when, to not release within like next to each other. So, all right. I, I would say this if it's something you really want to pick, Dave, they're going to, if someone listens to this tonight, they're going to hear it and have time to watch it. They're going to have two weeks basically to watch all it. All right. I guess you're right. So, maybe we will do that. We're good. Yeah. Let's stick with Waterworld. All right. Fair enough. Sounds good. It, it, if nothing else, it's not exactly a small indie film. Yeah. They'll find it. All right. So uh, I guess we've decided on Waterworld for next week. And until then, cue it up. (laughs) 